Hey guys, welcome back to the Road to the Man's podcast. I'm Mindong. I'm Matt Giglio. Uh, 47 days until the 2020 season begins. Yeah, definitely. Um, game five of the NBA Finals today. Hopefully the Heat can extend this one. Yeah, I mean, always some room for the Heat, but uh, I don't know. It all depends on the injuries, but uh, if the Heat have some more guys injured, I think the Lakers win this one tonight, but uh, it's, uh, it's going to be a very good one regardless. Uh, the past two games have been very close, and uh, I'm just excited to watch the NBA Finals once again. Yeah, definitely. Um, we have some breaking news today. There's actually a lot of breaking news, and very important breaking news, two very important breaking news pieces as well. So let's kick things off. First off, 2021 four-star prospect Jonathan Lawson has committed to Oregon. 6'7", small forward from Tennessee, chooses Oregon over Alabama, Memphis, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, and many others. He'll get, the, he'll get the chance to play with his brother Chandler at Oregon, and he's ranked just inside the top 50 for the class of 2021. Um, yeah, joins five-star Nathan Brittle as well. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, you see I'm repping Oregon, and, uh, yeah, it's just very good for them. And uh, Pac-12 as a whole, they're getting a lot more good, high-quality recruits, and that's something they really haven't done in a, long, in a couple of years now. So uh, it's good to see the Pac-12 be back to where they were a couple of years ago, and uh, I just think it's going to keep getting better and better with the recruits and competition in the Pac-12. And uh, I know we talk about it a lot, but this year is a very exciting one with all the recruits coming in, and uh, 2021 appears to be another very good one as well with Lawson joining Biddle at Oregon now for 2021. Yeah, definitely. Um, you you kind of covered it all, so – Let's get to the next piece of breaking news. Yeah, and this piece of breaking news, I think it shocked me. I mean, I thought it was set in stone, but I guess I guess he had just had different feels about this team, and uh, it's going to be 2021 five-star recruit. Bryce McGowans has decommitted from Florida State. 6'5 shooting guard from South Carolina. Originally chose Florida State over Clemson, Georgia, Georgia Tech, South Carolina, and many others. Uh, he just recently gained his fifth star, actually, three months ago or three weeks ago. I think three weeks ago, but uh, he committed, I believe, all the way back in May or June. It was a couple months ago, actually. But, uh, yeah, he's now a top 25 prospect in the class of 2021 now with his five-star. Um, he's already received a ton of offers, and a ton of them have been high majors and even Blue Bloods as well. I believe Kentucky has already reached out, and I expect Duke and the other ones to reach out as well. And uh, I'm, I'm, there's no reason, re real reason why he left Florida State. Like I said, I was kind of shocked why he left because – the recruiting class there was just such a good one already for 2021. And I, I'm just, I, really, I was really shocked why he left, but uh, obviously he's gone now. So with that being said, where might he go? Yeah, definitely. We definitely don't know. I definitely don't know. Uh, I feel like he, it's just a, a restart of the recruiting process for him. Yeah, and I think he said he made his decision a little too early. That might be why he left, but I don't really know if that's a real reason. But uh yeah, I mean, I think he's going to go to a blue blood now, now that they're actually offering him. I mean, they didn't when he actually committed to Florida State. They, they weren't reaching out to him at all, but now they are. So I think he just made his decision a little too early, and now he's looking at those schools, and he's like, oh, yeah, I should probably go there because they have, a, obviously, a historic runs and legendary runs, if you want to say that. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's going to go to a blue blood, but we don't really know what he's going to do yet until he probably makes another list, I assume. But, uh yeah, with all this being said, Florida State, they are still first in the class rankings for 2021, believe it or not. And with that being said, do you think they will still finish in the top 10 without Bryce McGowan? Yeah, I feel like they will finish in the top 10 easily. Um, this just opens up another scholarship spot for another high-level recruit. 
Yeah, and I don't think it will be a five-star like Bryce McGowan's. I think it will probably be a four-star, but you never know. They could get another good five-star coming in. But uh, regardless, I believe this team will still be in the top ten. And uh, like you said, that spot is going to be a very crucial one. If they can get another four or five-star, I think they'll remain as the top five. But if they don't really do anything with that uh, new scholarship, they might move down towards the bottom five, bottom ten or – the bottom five, the bottom half of that top ten, sorry. And, uh, but regardless, I still believe that they will still be a top ten team, like you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, next piece of breaking news just came in about half an hour ago. As we, as we speak, 2021 five-star recruit Jabari Smith has committed to Auburn. Chooses Auburn over UNC, Tennessee, Georgia, LSU, and many others. 6'10 power forward from Georgia. He's a top five prospect in the class of 2021 and obviously the number one power forward will be the highest-ranked recruit to ever go to Auburn. And this is Auburn's first commitment of the, for the class of 2021. Do you think they'll get more? Yeah, I definitely think they will get more. And similar situation that this past year, obviously Sharif Cooper went there. He's a very high-quality recruit going to Auburn. And then a couple other guys joined him following his recruitment. So I think it'll be a similar situation here with Smith. I was very surpri- surprised uh, he chose Auburn, actually. Uh, I thought he was going to go elsewhere, but uh, Tennessee was – team that I had in mind and I think you did too but uh I'm surprised you did go to Auburn but I think it will be a very good choice when it's all said and done and uh yeah I believe a ton of a more a lot more guys will join Jabari Smith here at Auburn it's just a matter it's just a matter of uh when and who joins them actually yeah definitely and Bruce Pearl he's been he's been pretty surprising in the recruiting race this past year and and finally he got Jabari Smith which which I don't think Auburn was the favorite at all no, I, I I did not expect them to get it. Like I said, I I thought UNC, Tennessee, and even LSU were the top three, but obviously I was wrong. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, pretty much all we got for him, and just best of luck to him and Auburn. And obviously this year it will be a very interesting year with Auburn. I mean, they're not going to be as talented as they were this past season, losing out a ton of guys like Isaac Okoro and, and other guys as well. But, uh, like I said, Shreve Cooper coming in and a couple new guys coming in should maintain this Auburn team and should potentially be a top five. That might be a little bit of a stretch, but they could be a top five team. But obviously SEC can be a very dominant one and a ton of teams competing for the top five seed. All right, and last piece of breaking news. Uh, this news is very interesting, and I, I have very mixed emotions about it, but uh, we'll get right into it. Wichita State, they're currently investigating head coach Greg Marshall for allegations such as punching pushing and choking players and assistant coaches as well. Uh, yeah, this is pretty interesting. I mean, we've seen him have outrageous in the past, and I wouldn't be surprised uh, if something actually comes out of this case. Uh, this will be a six-month investigation. More than 35 players and coaches have been talked to already about the investigation. Probably more coming soon. And like I said, we will unveil more as the investigation starts to pick up. And do you think this will have a good ending for Marshall, or do you think uh, his time at Wichita State and maybe even college coaching might be done in the next few years. Yeah, um, just looking at the news the past couple hours, it just it just looks worse and worse for Marshall. And I feel like his seat's getting hotter and hotter. Yeah, I mean, it definitely explains why so many guys actually left the school and transferred out. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure all those reasons were not because of the allegations. It could have just been because of playing time and stuff like that, but I wouldn't be surprised if some of those reasons that transfer out were based on the allegations. So uh, I think this will be a very interesting six months for Wichita State and Greg Marshall. Uh, 
he's a very good coach, don't get me wrong, but obviously he does have a little bit of a anger management issue. Uh, you, you you see it, he always yells at his players and stuff like that, and he's a very aggressive coach. But obviously he's a very good uh, record at Wichita State and his couple of years there. So, uh, yeah, I'm, exci- I'm, ex- I'm excited. No, I wouldn't say excited. I'm surprised to see what's going to happen because it's going to be a very interesting investigation here with Wichita State and Greg Marshall. Yeah, definitely. Um, now let's, let's continue with the conference previews. Today's conference, the SOCON, or the Southern Conference. Yeah, and uh, SOCON, it's usually a very good one, one of the best mid-majors around for these past couple of years. And uh, I said this last episode, a lot of moving teams in this conference, especially, uh, obviously, you know, one of the big heavy hitters. Uh, they they kind of lost all their pieces, and uh, we'll talk about them and when we actually roll into the rankings. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I expect the SOCON to be another very competitive and top-heavy conference once again this year. A couple teams looking to make the jump, like I said. I'm excited to watch a couple of these teams try and make that jump. So, uh, without further ado, player of the year, Dark Horse, and then we have 10 teams today. So we'll get right into it with your player of the year. Yeah, um, this is a very, very, very bold take here. Um, obviously, you have the obvious, probably the safest choice for player of the year, but I'm going with Mason Faulkner of Western Carolina. Yes, Isaiah Miller will win preseason player of the year, probably very easily. But my gut feeling is when, when this season is all said and done, I feel like Faulkner will win this. Um, average 18 points, six rebounds, six assists, and a, and a steal as well. And I feel like he can average a triple double next year. Yeah, I think that's very doable here with Faulkner. Uh, he had a tremendous year last year for Western Carolina. He basically led this team as far as he could, and he did he did a pretty good job of doing so. Uh, he was definitely my runner up, but then you decided to make him your actual Player of the Year. So I'm like, all right, I mean, I'll just take your guy and the guy you had before. Obviously, was Isaiah Miller out of UNC Greensboro. So uh, he basically won the best two awards this past season in the conference, the player of the year and defensive player of the year. Uh, I like. I, I still think it's definitely foolish if you don't have him, but uh, Faulkner is a very good second choice as well. Averaged 18 points a game, five rebounds, three assists per game, and a tremendous stat here is three steals a game. It's 2.8, but we're rounding up to three uh, per game last year, and that's pretty impressive. I don't care what conference you're in. Having three steals a game is a very impressive stat to have, and uh, that's why you won play, uh, Defensive Player of the Year probably. Uh, so I think it's a clear choice here why Miller was probably going to go back-to-back. But I could see a couple guys trying to uh, catch up in that race, but I think Miller easily got this one in the bag still. Mm-hmm. Um, now Dark Horse. My Dark Horse, they got Wofford here. Um, Wofford, they had a very surprising run to the SoCon final last year. And if it weren't for East Tennessee State last, last like, couple-minute run, I, I, they probably would have been in. And they returned their second and third leading scorers along with very good bench players in depth uh, for this season. Uh, this, team, this team could definitely compete with the top, and it, it, they showed them last year. Yeah, and uh, Walford definitely looking to have a very good season once again. Obviously, their top option is gone, but – like, I, like you said, most of that most of that returning uh, rotation is coming back. So I'm excited to see what they can do. I think they should have a very good season once again this upcoming season. My Dark Horse, you were sleeping on this team. I, I, I told you, watch out for this team. I know the record doesn't show it, but this year should be a good one, and that's going to be the Citadel as my Dark Horse. Yes, this team did finish with zero conference wins this past season, 
However, I believe this team is a much better one for the Citadel. Uh, lose two stars and a few role players, but they're going to be led by two guys next year, and that's a B and Rice, two double-digit scores coming back. And I think this team will still be a bottom five team, don't get me wrong. But looking at all those bottom five teams, I think the Citadel definitely has a chance to be one of the best bottom five teams in the SOCON. And for them, that's very good because they haven't been that good in the past couple of years. But this year, I, I'm rooting for the Citadel team. And I think they can have a pretty good one uh, in comparison to last year for this upcoming season. Yeah, definitely. Um, there was a there was an article on the Citadel um, basketball team actually I think this this afternoon, and so I kind of I kind of read it and it, I kind of changed my mind on where I, I placed them. Yeah, I don't need to read no article. I, I know what's going on in the SoCon. I know what's going on. You had them. You had them last still. And I was like, what are you doing? I I know this team's not going to be last once again. I know they're going to do pretty good this year, but, uh, yeah, I mean, without further ado, uh, I believe our bottom three are the same now that you changed the Citadel. So, uh, yeah, without further ado, let's kick into it with number 10 for the SOCOM. Yeah, I have – I feel uh, we both have Sanford here. Um, Sanford loses nearly everyone from their from the eighth-place finishing team. Huge roster turnaround here, and doesn't help that this team is one of the worst defensive teams in, in college basketball. Yeah, and yeah, like you said, they pretty much lose everyone here. The one guy they do bring back is Dupree, who was a double-digit scorer for them last year, but he was the fourth option on that team. So uh, they're going to bring in, like you said, a lot of new faces. Experience definitely going to be lacking. Chemistry is going to be lacking. So I just think it's a rebuild year for Sanford. I mean, they've been in a rebuild, I believe, for the past couple of years. And the one, one of the top guys, Robert Allen, did transfer out. So that was a huge loss there. But uh, – yeah, I just think it's another reset button for the Sanford team. I think they gotta just I think they just gotta wait a couple of years because they haven't really been towards the middle of the pack or even the top for these past couple of years. It's been kind of run by the same teams and Sanford just misses out usually every year. So uh I think it's a couple of years in the making, but who knows? Sanford could get back there in a couple of years or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, number nine, we both have VMI here. Um they haven't seen much success in a while. Uh they finished ninth. Last year, only three conference wins, and it looks like that struggle will continue with, with two starters and, a, and another couple bench players leaving. Yeah, uh, VMI definitely here at number nine. Uh, they, like you said, they've seen struggles in this conference the past few years. Like you said, three conference wins this past season and losing two stars and a few role players. I think this team will probably struggle once again. Uh, they do bring back Kaufman, though, and a couple other guys that were really near that 10-point-a-game mark, so uh, that's good news for them. So they can, they, I think they'll be able to score the ball, something they didn't do last year, but they didn't do as well as they should have. So uh, I still think they're a bottom three team here, but if they can pick up some slack and start scoring the ball, they could move up a couple spots. But I think these teams above VMI are, are, pre, are much better than them, just looking at their whole roster. Definitely. Number eight, another agreement. We both have Chattanooga here. They lose a lot as well. Four stars depart, and although they do have a lot of solid rotation pieces that could fill the starter roles, the overall depth just isn't there for this team. Yeah, uh, another another similarity here. I have Chattanooga here, number eight as well. Uh, believe it or not, this team used to be a very dominant one in the SoCon. Uh, I remember seeing this team in the March Madness tournament a lot uh, back in like back when I was younger. I, I used to always see them in the tournament and. They're a pretty decent seed. I believe they're like a 13 or 12 seed in the years that they made it. And then 
I mean, since then, they haven't really done much. And I think that's been about five or so years ago. So they haven't really seen much success uh, since then. But uh, I think it will be a similar situation this upcoming season. Like you said, lose four starters and a few role players as well. The one bright spot that you bring back is Gene Baptiste, who was one of their top options last year. Uh, he's going to be that guy for Chattanooga. But the sporting cast, I think it's little to none. So that's why they are a bottom three team this upcoming season. Yeah. Um, number seven, this is where I have the Citadel. Um, they didn't win any conference games last year. And looking at this team and the way they play, this team is always a, a boom or bust team. And when I mean boom or bust, they're, they're literally boom or bust. They can finish first. They can finish 10th. And that's just how they play. They run and gun. They shoot threes. They shoot as many as they can. And they, they basically don't defend. They, they just rely on, on making shots. Yeah, uh, this is our first change in the SoCon ranks. Uh, I do have Citadel one spot higher, and this might be a shocker, but I do have East Tennessee State here, number seven. Obviously, they're taking a big hit to their roster. Uh, pretty much their top seven or so guys are gone, and obviously their coach as well, Steve Forbes, is gone. He got the recognition he finally deserved. So in comes new coach uh, Jason Shea. was the assistant, but he's moving up. Uh, he did a pretty good job. I believe he took over midway through the season, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, he did a pretty good job there, and I think he should do a pretty good job um, this upcoming season. Obviously, he knows the system. He knows what's going on. He's been the assistant coach for at least a couple of years, so he knows what's going on. So uh, I definitely still still believe it will be a rebuild year for East Tennessee State. But who knows? In a couple of years, they could be able to make it back to the SOCON. It's just a matter of if and when. And if they can get some more recruits coming in, they might be bound for another uh, good finish in a couple of years. But as of right now, I think they're going to be towards that bottom, something they haven't really been in a couple of years now. Mm -hmm. Number six, this is where uh, we flip-flopped, actually. So I have East Tennessee State here. Um, serious turn of events here. They were, they were going to a tournament with a very favorable seed, probably a seven seed, I'm guessing. And now they lose their head coach. They, they were unable to play in the tournament game. And they also lose their top seven guys due to graduation and the transfer portal. And while I do feel like Jason Shea, that was the right choice for the coaching hire, I think the, the roster turnaround was, would be too hard to deal with. Yeah, I think the transfers definitely hurt them the most. Uh, Bo Hodges transferred out and Williamson also transferred out. Those are two of the big guys that they're going to have this, this upcoming season, and they both just lost them to transfers. So, uh, yeah, it definitely hurts for East Tennessee State. I mean, but just looking at back on their run, they had a pretty magnificent one. They had a couple upsets in the March Madness tournament. They had a couple very close games in that tournament as well. So, yeah, I mean, the recognition is definitely there. This team's definitely a legit mid-major uh, legendary team. But uh, this year is not going to be a good one for them, like you said. Uh, the Citadel is my dark horse here at number six. Obviously, I already talked about them, but uh, I, I think they will make the jump this year. Obviously, the zero comments wins this past season. Uh, I think they should be around that middle of the pack, and maybe they can get seven or eight. I don't see them getting, like, more than ten. I don't see them getting less than five. It'll be in that range for conference wins, and uh, I think it all depends on non-conference wins as well and their non-conference strength. If they play some pretty decent non-conference teams and get some wins, that will definitely build the Citadel's momentum. But if they do not really do so, I don't know. They might go back down to where they were these, this past season, so – I think six is a very high place for the Citadel, but I think if everything goes right, they could potentially finish uh, at number six here for me. 
Mm-hmm. Like I said, they're, they're a massive boomer bust team. Number five, I have Wofford here. Obviously, this is my dark horse. Like I said, they made it to the final last year. They showed the conference they could still play without, without their coach, Mike Young. And they bring back a lot of good guys, mainly their inside-out duo of Murphy and, and Godwin. So, yeah, definitely see, watch this team compete for, uh, for the race. Yeah, and I do have Walford here at number five as well. Uh, believe it or not, a couple of years ago, this team was in the tournament, and I believe they were a, they were either a seven or a ten seed. They were you a seven one? seed, and they beat Seton Hall. Yeah, I knew they made it past the first round, and they were a pretty high seed, and uh, that was a very good year for the SoCon, and that, the Walford was led by a man named Fletcher McGee, and he was just a magnificent player, and one of those guys who just graduated this year, Nathan Hoover, was also on that team. And uh, he obviously just graduated. So I don't know if anyone is still returning from that tournament team. I I bet you someone is, but uh, no really main guys on that team are returning for this season now that Hoover is gone. But uh, besides the point, the good news is Hoover is pretty much only the guy that they lost this upcoming season. They do bring back two doubles of scores and Murphy and Goodwin or Godwin, like you said. So uh, this definitely helps this Wofford team. And I think they can propel uh, back into the top half of the SoCon. Mm-hmm. Top four, uh, number four, I have Western Carolina here. Obviously, like I said, uh, Mason Faulkner is my vote for the Player of the Year award, and he's definitely a star. There's two more stars returning as well, along with a deep bench. Um, so this this could be their window to make it to the tournament, or at least a postseason tournament. Yeah, and uh, my number four is going to be Mercer here. I have Western Carolina one spot ahead of them, but uh, – they're going to talk about that very close race that they both have. So uh, this Mercer team does lose three starters for the upcoming season. The rest of the rotation does return. The big star here is Ethan Stair, uh, who helped this team see a lot of success this past season. And uh, personally, I think with the supporting cast, uh, I think the supporting cast is much better here with Mercer in comparison to Western Carolina. But I just think Western Carolina has a more clear-defined star in Faulkner, like you said. So that is why I do have Western Carolina one spot ahead of Mercer. But like you're going to say, that race is just a very close one. Mm-hmm. Definitely. We flip-flop here. I have Mercer in my top three. Um, this team may not look intimidating, but they can really play. Like you said, Stair returns. He's, he's their top rebounder from last year. He's their top returning scorer as well. Surrounding him, they just got a bunch of 3 and D guys. So look for this team to, to shoot and defend themselves into, into games. Yeah, and uh, the flip-flop, obviously, Western Carolina is my number three. Uh, I think this team will have another very good season once again. Returning the top option, Faulkner, he's going to be an all-conference player this upcoming season. No questions about it. And uh, besides Faulkner, the supporting cast is there. Uh, but this year, they're going to need it more than others. And if they can pick up that supporting cast, I think the Western Carolina team will be a clear-defined uh, three seed. But if not, uh, they might move down one spot and maybe even two. I think Wofford and Mercer both have a chance to top this Western Carolina team. Uh, it all just depends on that supporting cast because you know Faulkner is going to step up and play every game. But will that supporting cast? Uh, we don't know. And we're going to have to see that in the season and see what they can actually do. Mm-hmm. Number two, I have Furman here. Um, Furman is definitely the other hope to get this conference the second bid that they've been trying to look for the past three years. And they look like they have the team to do so. Although Lions does leave, they have a lot of guys uh, with star potential. I believe their top three of four sco- uh, scores are coming back. They have the best depth in the conference, in my opinion, and not to mention the second best coach in the conference as well. 
Yeah, I do affirm it here at number two as well. This is a very easy second choice uh, here for the SoCon. Like you said, losing top option in lines definitely hurts this team. But uh, in honesty, it doesn't really take a huge hit. Uh, like you said, that three other top guys and Gurley, Munts, and Bothwell uh, all coming back, and they were double-digit scores as well, along with lines this past season. So I think Furman's in a very good shape, a very good shape once again. To, um, maybe get that second bid for the conference. I think it's definitely doable. Uh, I think I think Furman and the, obviously the number one team, UNC Greensboro, are the only teams that actually have a chance at that bid. I don't think Mercer, Western Carolina, Wofford can get there for the second bid. I mean, obviously they could if they win the actual SoCon tournament. But uh, I think that the best two chances here are Furman and UNC Greensboro. And you're going to talk about them in one second. Yeah, definitely. Uh, before I get to my number one or our number one, I, I honestly believe that this team, this conference is worthy of a two-bid. It just depends on their schedule. And that's what's, that's what's happened the past three years. And that's why they can't get two teams in the tournament. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you there. And uh, this year, I don't know how the scheduling is going to work for this conference. I think it might be a little bit different, and that's going to hurt this team. That's going to hurt this conference a lot because I don't think they're going to have as many non-conference uh, games, or even the strength of those games is not going to be as good as it has been. And that's just something that usually hurts uh, these obviously Southern Conference teams and a lot of other mid-major teams as well. And that's why we don't really see a lot of these mid-major teams in the tournament. So uh, it's just disappointing to see, but uh, I think this year the SoCon definitely has a chance to be a two-bit conference, but it just depends on the non-conference games because you know that the conference games are going to be very close, but uh, I think it all depends on what they do in the non-conference. Mm -hmm. uh, number one, this is the clear front runner right now. It is UNC Greensboro. UNC Greensboro, they've, they've been absolutely dominant and so consistent under Coach Wes Miller, and we've, we've emphasized it. Every time we mention him, he, he deserves a high major job. Um, he's, he's been overdue for one, and it, it doesn't look like UNC Greensboro will stop their dominance anytime soon. Um, they have Miller, of course, the, the preseason player of the year. They have Hayden Kuval, who, who got his waiver, and just a good supporting cast. Um, this team's definitely one of the mi best mid-majors in the nation, and there's, there's sweet 16 potential with this team. Yeah, I mean, Sweet 16 is a very big stretch. Uh, I think they can definitely do it. Uh, I think it all depends on their matchups, honestly, in the tournament. But uh, this UNC Greensboro team is a clear front runner for this conference alone. Uh, very good squad returning once again. And like you said, Wes Miller definitely due for a high major coaching job because he's, he's done just such a tremendous job here at UNC Greensboro. Uh, obviously, with Miller returning and Koval, like you said, transferring from South, uh, Central Arkansas, uh, this team's definitely in good shape and they're just getting a lot better. Uh, as the years go by. So uh, definitely a top 10 mid-major team in the nation. Sweet 16 potential, I think it's definitely there. But like I said, it all depends on their matchup in the tournament because let's be honest, this team's probably going to make the tournament. Uh, I'm not going to say it's already an auto bid, but it, it kind of is, honestly. This team's just so good. I think they're easily going to get that bid. Uh, knock on wood, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the SoCon, like, like we said, it's going to be another very competitive one once again this upcoming season. Uh, I believe the top – all the top five of these teams – have a good chance at winning it. And I think it's honestly anyone's conference for the actual tournament. But, I mean, we've still got a clear front runner UC Greensboro. But after that, I think it's anyone's game from Furman all the way down to Wofford at number five. So mm -hmm. that's just the beauty of the SoCon every year. And that's why it's so entertaining to watch. Yeah. And that concludes today's episode. Next episode, the conference we'll be covering is the Southland Conference, I believe. 
Yeah, and uh, Southland Conference, it's not very competitive. Uh, there's one team that's always winning year in and year out, and that's obviously Stephen F. Austin. And you know their story by now. You know what they did this past season, obviously, and prior seasons, obviously. So uh, it's, it's not going to be that big of a question on who wins it. But, uh, I mean, they've had, had some trouble with postseason tournaments. Uh, obviously, it doesn't kick in until next year. But uh, they've had some trouble in the tournaments. But uh, regardless, I think they still will be the top team. So it's a spoiler in a sense, but it's honestly kind of predictable. So that's the beauty of the Southland. But other than that, it should be a very competitive conference from two all the way down to the bottom. Yeah, definitely. And I believe they're, they're 15 teams, so fairly large conference. So that's what we'll be covering next episode. As always, thank you guys for all your support. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. Please stay safe, and it's always March. It's always March, baby. Thank you guys for watching.